Welcome to the Empowered 21 Leadership Podcast. I'm Ashley Wilson, Assistant Director of Empowered 21, and today I am so honored uh, to be joined by one of the great ladies of faith of our age, uh, Prophet Cindy Jacobs. Uh, Cindy, we're so glad to have you here with us today uh, at the Empowered 21 podcast, and we're here in Bogota, Colombia. Uh, so welcome. Uh, I wanna talk with you a little bit today uh, about your ministry, how it began, and uh, what the Lord's been doing in your ministry, and then we'll talk about what God's doing around the world and our relationship with the Holy Spirit. So uh, I know a lot of our listeners will be familiar with you, uh, familiar with how God's using you, but there's some who may not be. So tell us a little bit, how did Cindy Jacobs become Cindy Jacobs? My husband always teases and says, I knew, I knew Cindy before she was Cindy Jacobs, yeah. you know? And uh, well, you know, I first prophesied when I was four years old. And uh, I think Ashley might've heard me say that, but yeah. I prophesied the birth of my little sister, went to my mother, I still to this day remember exactly where I stood in this house that looked like it was gonna fall over, mm -hmm. you know, while dad was going to seminary. And then I just knew things, you know? And, but, but I didn't know anyone that knew how to uh, help me. Yeah. You know, I didn't know why I knew things. I didn't know what to do with what I knew. And so it was really, you know, I mean, one time, I, have, I don't know if I've said this, but, you know, one time in, in college, um, I, there was a Christian commune. They tried to cast demons out me out of me for about five really? hours because I knew things. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, they said that I had a religious spirit. I really wasn't born again, you yeah. know. And, it, you know, it was just a difficult time. Sure. You know, trying to figure out what was going on in me. And, yeah. and I didn't know. I mean, I, I didn't know how to explain this. And so um, anyway, but then uh, we always were prayers, you mm -hmm. know. We, so you, you grew up as a, a pastor's kid. Yeah, right? Southern Baptist pastor's kid. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember one day talking to my daddy and he didn't speak in tongues, but he had been slipping away to little Pentecostal churches. You really? Know? Yeah. And, and he never talked about it, but mom would say, oh, he went to that little church and I knew what kind of little church that was. And so I asked him one day about speaking in tongues and he says, well, I believe in the end times more and more people will do that, which is an unusual statement, especially at that time, yeah. you know, 50 some odd years ago. From a Southern you know, Baptist pastor Southern Baptist in Texas, pastor. right? Uh, well, we were in, in Arizona, Arizona at that time, but yes, we're from Texas, of course, yeah. you can tell. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, and then, um, uh, yeah, so I, I had an experience with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I was reading a book, Power and Praise by Merlin Crothers. And I just began to read the scripture and I was like, wow, no exceptions. Everybody did this. You know, of course, anyone I asked would think I was a heretic. Right. You know, but then I, I just asked the Lord to fill me and I began to sing. I mean, I, I'm a, I have a degree in music. I'm a classical pianist and I was had a, mm -hmm. a dual, um, you know, voice and piano concentration at that time. So I began to sing and I began to sing in tongues and I began to sing about the blood of Jesus. And I've been told you couldn't sing about the blood of Jesus and it'd be the devil. You really? Because we were told everything yeah. was the devil. Oh, I mean, the assemblies or the Pentecostal churches, they were just heretics, you know, in our thinking. And uh, so I began to sing and then, you know, I stopped and I thought, wow, I don't think I could 
saying those same words twice in that language. Mm -hmm. I must have gone through five languages or more. And uh, then I just stopped and I said, well, I want to know what I'm saying. And so I started just speaking in tongues and all this translation came in my head. Wow. So I realized I got tongue and interpretation and all diverse kinds of tongues and all these things happened to what me. A powerful experience. But then I couldn't tell anybody and I yeah. never thought I'd do it publicly. You know, yeah. I knew nothing. But people on my college campus started coming kind of out of the woodwork, as we mm -hmm. say, you know, just coming up to me and saying, you got filled with the spirit, didn't you? And I was like, who told you? I mean, I was so suspicious. Sure. You know, I wasn't sure if I was going to be kicked out of my Baptist university or not, actually. Yeah. You know, so I, I was kind of scared. I was a scholarship yeah. kid, you know. You got to keep that quiet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was definitely under wraps, <laughs> you know. And so <clears throat> anyway, and I didn't know, you know, what I had. And then we moved to Los Angeles and uh, uh, Mike worked was an executive with the airlines and he had an African-American secretary who went to Fred Price's church. Okay. And I don't know if the listeners know who Fred is, but, yeah, great, you know. Yeah, uh, great man in the oh, Word of Faith movement. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't even know what Word of Faith was. We didn't even know what a charismatic was. You know, we had no idea what those people were. And so uh, I had had that experience with the Lord, but Mike Hatton. But we got invited and we went. And I remember the first time we went, Someone spoke in tongues and interpreted it and said, uh, essentially, this is of me, this, you know, mm -hmm. th this is my work. I mean, it was a perfect word. And so the next Sunday we joined the church and our other church, you know, they preached against us from the pulpit. They said we oh, had gone goodness. astray, sure. you know, but we didn't care. We were full of the Holy Spirit and we were the token whites, you know, pretty much at the time in Fred's church. And now we so were. So you were members Fred, yeah. of Fred Price's church. Yes, yes, yes. I did not know that. Oh yes, we were, and uh, we lived on the edge of kind of the ghetto. Not exactly the ghetto. We kind of lived on the edge of the ghetto there in L.A. And um, but it was we learned so much. I mean, he was magnificent teacher, and you know, it's like so. I think part of the reason we've been have, able to have audacious faith yeah. is because we cut our teeth on faith. And of course, being Baptist, we knew the scripture. Absolutely, you know, we yeah. memorized so much scripture. Yeah. So what a power combination yeah. it was. And so then I just graduated from Pepperdine and then went on and was just, you know, just a mom, had little babies. And, but the Lord called me. I'm sorry, I should have told you when I was nine years old to preach. Okay. And it never left me, Yeah. you know, but I, there was no place to preach. Well, because of where you were. Yeah, women didn't preach in the Baptist church, even to this day, I think theologically, many, many still do, you know, they're autonomous churches and I love them. But so, yeah, and so I just, you know, was minding my own business and, and uh, I thought only bad mothers ever, ever left their children to do anything. I mean, I was hard line, you know, so I finished my degree, finished my 30 units from my, you know, working for my master's, and then I determined to stay home. Well, then all of a sudden, I began to have visions. I didn't know what a vision was. I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm having, you know, hallucinations. I didn't know anybody to ask, really, if I was having a vision. So you were in your mid-20s at this point, late yeah. 20s? Uh, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, around there, you know. And so then 
I mean, I began to see myself standing on big platforms with, you know, like in fields with massive amounts of people. I began to see people healed. I saw pictures of people getting out of wheelchairs and eyes open that were blind and all these things. And I was like, I'm hallucinating. I'm dead. I mean, I was so freaked out. You know, and I thought, and I know Mike isn't going to go for that. <laughs> I mean, at first, I think Mike thought, God, you stole my wife, you know. And uh, so uh, it was really interesting. And so I fought it. I fought it so hard, you know. I just cry at night. I just walk the floor and cry and go, come on, go find a man, you know. <laughs> go find this. It's going to be hard for me, you Any, know. Anybody else but me, Lord. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I actually wrote in my book, Women Rise Up, here I am, Lord, send Mike. <laughs> I was like, I'm your best intercessor, God, for Mike, you know. And uh, so anyway, but one, day, one night the Lord, I, you know, he said, I said, why me a woman? And he said, so my scripture will be fulfilled. And I thought, oh, great, now he's used a scripture on me. You know, I mean, I didn't have a good attitude. I mean, I'm embarrassed to think about it now. But, you know, I, I didn't want to ever leave my children one time you know i was probably a little bit obsessive about that you know and so but you know the lord said so my scripture will be fulfilled and i said which one and he said that in the end times i will pour out my spirit on my handmaidens on my palm of the women and the daughters i have to have a few women if i'm going to do that i was like oh now he's using logic. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like, okay, the scripture of logic. And then, put the fear, he, then he put the fear of the Lord on me. And I just thought, okay, I know we say don't do this, but I flipped my Bible open. And the scripture was like, yeah. what does a clay say to the potter? What yeah. kind of vessel are yeah. you making of me? And then I was scared because I read about Amy Simple McPherson, how she was dying. And they put her in the dying room because yeah. she wouldn't say yes. And I thought, oh, Lord. <laughs> Better gonna, say yes before I'm you gonna, get to that point. I'm right? going to be crispy critters. <laughs> Something's going to be bad. You know, fire's yeah. going to fall from heaven. So I, I just nailed down by our couch and I said, okay, here am I. But I was in a town of 12,000, tiny little town in Texas. I mean, you know, who even knew it was on the map almost. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I said, here I am, Lord. And I, it was so amazing what God did from that. I went to meetings like at that time in the charismatic movement, Valley Cathedral in Phoenix was the, parent of the charismatic movement so i went one day to just their service and the head of the woman's ministry i guess there was probably about 250 there came up and said god awakened me and told me you're to preach today i mean like oh okay you know and i had felt the power of god in me so strongly mm -hmm. you know and uh so i got up and i preached and the power of god fell by the end of that time, there wasn't anyone standing on their feet. Oh my goodness. They were all out under the power of God and the glory just filled that room. I didn't know that could happen with me. Yeah. But when you say yes, he thinks you believe it. You know, you mean <laughs> it, you know, I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, and I didn't know God any. God takes you at your word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I. You know, when I said yes, I didn't know women in ministry like women that preached. I knew like head of a woman's ministry. I'd never, you know, seen a woman preach from the pulpit. It was alien, totally alien to me. 
And so I learned, I learned a lot of hard lessons, good lessons, hard lessons. Um, I know women make a lot of mistakes when they work with men. You know, they'll be overpowering or sometimes controlling. They, they so are waiting for the moment to speak that they just, you know, kind of jump in there loudly or whatever, you know. So I learned spiritual diplomacy and uh, thank God I have many daughters around the world and they're gracious, but powerhouses. So I want to ask you, how did you get from this small town in Texas, mm -hmm. the Lord beginning to use you in mm -hmm. ministry, mm -hmm. supernaturally, mm -hmm. spontaneously, <laughs> to the nations? Because mm -hmm. really your, your ministry, at least mm -hmm. what I see in your ministry, is God has really called you to the nations. Mm -hmm. A and prophet you have, to the nations, You yes. are like Jeremiah. You're mm -hmm. a prophet to the nations. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Lord used you in some powerful ways all mm -hmm. across the world. So. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that transition. How did that leap happen for you? What was your first experience outside of kind of the bubble of South Texas or you know, <laughs> Texas where you were at? Oh my the goodness, United they States? thought I was such a heretic in my town. I won't go into that, but it was a little painful. But that's old. That was a small pond, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, so I, you know, I had, I was praying for America and I said, how come we're in such pro having such problems? in America, and he said, Satan has a strategy, my people do not call together the generals. Oh, wow. And so I, I called different, a lot of ministries, none of them had a prayer ministry. Kenneth Copeland had a prayer leader, you know, in that circle. Mm -hmm. And in the Pentecostal churches, it was the little grandmothers with buns, you know, on their head, yeah. you know, their hair, you know, no makeup piled on the back, God bless them, you know, praying in the back, holding the fort, but they're, there weren't like prayer leaders leading their churches. No. This was like 85. And I tried to find books on intercession. And I think uh, there was one by Andrew Murray mm -hmm. that I found, but it just wasn't said churches didn't have prayer leaders. You know, I just, it, it was highly unusual. And so I thought, well, we'll gather people and we'll talk about this. So we did, and it was such a diverse group. You know, I knew what they believed theologically to be sitting in a room together. So anyway, so we went from there and we started, we went to ORU and did meetings. Uh, we did meetings at uh, James Robinson's uh, Christ of the Nations. Then we started, we went to Canada, we went to England and we started reconciling the nations. You know, my primary call is to heal nations. And some, a lot of people don't understand if, um, about being a prophet to the nations. It's very unique call. And uh, a lot of people don't know how to do it. So they're not very successful. And so um, then- So talk it, about that a little bit. With oh, you want to hear about that? Yeah, oh. Break that down oh, for okay. us a little bit. Yeah, actually um, I've been discussing, we have, we, have, we have meetings now where we have prophets in round tables around the world. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, they asked me that same question. Well, first of all, you have to really understand protocol. You know, uh, I asked for a protocol briefing before I meet with, you know, I met with the, um, uh, uh, you know, in, in Australia, I asked to meet in, in Canberra with, oh, come on, I think he's the general counsel or whatever. I mean, I don't think I've got his title right, but he's over the prime minister for the queen. And I had a prophecy, you know, and I, I asked, like part of what I do as a prophet is 
I tell them a prophet wants to see you. Yeah. So I'm not ashamed to being a prophet. You know, nobody in the Bible was ashamed of being a prophet. Why? There's more written about a prophet than being a pastor. That's true. You know, I mean, I did a deep study on that. And so anyway, and so when I go, I really am careful with the protocol, but I, but I, you know, I am not embarrassed. Psychics aren't embarrassed. Mediums aren't embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed. So I was talking to this general in Asia one time and he, he had heard a prophecy I gave about part of his nation. It all came true and they were in dire problems. So he wanted to see me. So I sat with him. He's in his military uniform. He looks very strict. And so I said, he said, I said, hello. He said, hello. I said, did you hear about the prophecy? He said, I did. I said, I said, um, you know, I'm a prophet from God. He goes, I do. I said, you know, I want to know what God says about you. He goes, I'm a Buddhist. I said, do you want to know or not? Yeah. And so he did. And, and God gave a very detailed private word. And then he says, can God help my country? I said, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I won't go into all the things that transpired after that, but it really did help his country. So I think that it could be that there's a lot of countries that are in, have a lot of problems they don't have to have if we were doing our job. If the prophets were doing their job. If the prophets were doing their jobs. Yeah. So I think the evangelists, you know, they're, they're doing a really good job, but I think the prophets don't understand how to navigate this. They're doing one-on-one -on -one prophecies, which is okay, but they're prophesying to the church, but we're commanded to make disciples of nations. So when I get to heaven, I want the Lord to say, well done. I want them to want the America to be disciple and taught of the Lord. So operating on a higher level. Yeah, take yeah. it higher. Well, that's wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Well, um, what do you sense uh, the Lord saying to you now over the last few months? What's God doing around the world that you're seeing and, and what's he speaking to you that maybe you could share with the folks listening to this podcast today? Well, nations are getting on fire for God. I mean, Latin America is absolutely burning. I mean, for the Lord, not, it hasn't, you know, ch shifted the, the uh, landscape as far as the political system so much yet. Well, some nations it has. But uh, uh, we were just in Mexico City and the people were lining up for the stadium at three in the morning, sold out 22,500, yeah. just waiting for a miracle. Yeah. You know, you need no advertisement when the dead gets raised and the blind see. That's advertisement in, in, yeah. in and of itself. And we, yeah. you know, how many times have we said this and preached this, Ashley? Mm -hmm. But it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, Pastor Nico, you know, that we know and love from Indonesia mm -hmm. and all that he's doing. But I mean, I just think, I can't think of one place really that in some way there isn't at least a stirring. You know, there's a lot we have to do, but in the Middle East, in Iran, we hear the best news out yeah. of Iran. I read a, an article recently that they've got major revival happening so much so that the ruling Islamic clerics are trying to figure out what to do, what's <laughs> happening. You know, and I was thinking about, you know, the guerrillas in different countries and all we need to do is get them saved. We need to pray that God will visit them and the glory of God come down, whether it's, you know, whatever sect or whatever division. And so that's exciting. However, 
you know, the devil is coming down because he knows his time is short, it says in Revelation 12. And so the warfare and the polarity is about as strong as I've seen it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I know people, I mean, I've had death threats. I've had, you know, I've had, I guess it was, you know, ISIS, you know, write some things on my Twitter account. I had to turn it into the FBI. And, you know, I mean, it's like, we have to be willing to lay our lives down every day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To advance the kingdom. You know, I say this, Ashley, if you're going in to take your promised land, take your territory and there's no giants, you're only a tourist. Yeah, that's a great word. <laughs> I mean, you're not. That's a great word. You're not taking territory. So, you know, people get upset because they're advancing and they go, mm -hmm. well, none of these bad things were happening before because you weren't doing anything. You that's know, a good you were, word. Yeah. Be a threat to the devil, like Reinhardt says, yeah. Bonky, you know, a plunder hell to populate heaven. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Oh, love I do it. too. That That's just so good. gets my fire going. So you see the Holy Spirit's moving all around the world. Yeah. There's yeah. kindles of fire yeah. in it, at least a kindling of fire in almost every nation. Including the U.S. Yes. Oh, yeah. I Talk mean, about the U.S. Oh, for a yes. Listen, I know so many young you know, like 30s, early 40s, you know, in America. They're starting churches, young evangelists. They're starting like Brian Barcelona Jesus Clubs and, you know, all of these schools. We're talking about Los Angeles. We're talking about, you know, it's like I'm always hearing about a new one. And they're like 25 or, you know, 21, but they're burning. You yeah. know, I say, if you want to get on fire, stand next to somebody burning, yeah. you know. and. I just love being with them because then I keep my fire going. You know, yeah. you think it'd be the other way around. Well, maybe they think so, but I think I get fire from them. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Was it Wesley who said, I set myself on fire and people come to watch me burn? Oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, I want to take some time now and give you opportunity actually to pray for okay. our listeners today. Okay. Um, you know, I think. I'd like to ask you specifically, uh, as you were talking about this, I sense that maybe today there'll be some, some young women listening to us who are a little bit unsure uh, about what God is calling them to do or who he's calling them to be. So uh, I'm just gonna let you pray. You pray however the Lord leads you, but I would love for you to touch on that in your prayer oh, uh, yes. as well. Would you do that, that for us? That would be my honor. All yeah. right, well, go ahead. Well, Father, I just pray, Lord, now for particularly the women that are listening uh, in Africa, Australia, Asia, all over the world, Europe, you know, Latin America, U.S., you know, uh, we just say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I want to validate their gift. I'm speaking to you. I sense there's so many prophetically that are listening, and you have just waited for someone to say, you can do it. You have just waited for someone to say, yes, as a woman, you can preach. And Father, I pray that you will anoint them today. Lord, even as that 11-year-old girl that I prayed with in Cartagena last night and said, I want to be a prophet. I'm called to be a prophet. And she was weeping and weeping. Lord, mark lives. And Father, I pray not only for the women, but, but all of those listening. Father, I pray that they will set themselves on fire in the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit and change their nations 
in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Just go do it. Amen. Amen. (laughs) All right. Well, Cindy, we were so happy to have you today. And I know this is going to be a blessing to a lot of people. Uh, Thank you for joining us. And thank you for listening to the Empowered 21 Leadership Podcast. As always, uh, you can get additional content at empowered21.com. And be sure to follow us on social media at Empowered 21. Thank you.